少々火力が強すぎたか Pontic folks, and I'm back. <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Sideburns and Cigarettes, a podcast about a monkey faced thief, his cohorts, especially one special cohort, and their many adventures. And yes, like I said, I'm back. I'm one of your hosts, Natalie, and I'm just so excited to be here with my friends.、Uh, introduce yourselves, guys. Uh, Jay, you go first. Tell, tell Jay, me, then, Jay. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Keep this in. Anyways,、uh, <laughs> uh, yes, no.、Uh, my name is Jay. I guess you can call me Jay.、Uh, apparently, people at work have been calling me Jay Bird lately for some、uh, unknown reason.、Um, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and、uh, I am uh, uh, Drew, I think. Pretty sure. You think? <laughs> I, jury's out on that one. I,、uh, you know, same. I don't know my name either. It's cool. It's fine. <laughs> my name is sad because this episode tore me apart in the best way possible. Same. Uh, I first for half a second thought you were about to say,、uh, <laughs> "My name is Slim Shady." Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we all know that the real Slim Shady is here. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard the the first letter of that sentence. I'm like, is he going to say Slim Shady? What the fuck? <laughs> Drew got Drew got a new alternate persona, and apparently it became, it became Eminem. So, <laughs> I mean, he did call himself a cracker. Oh wait, that's foreshadowing. <laughs> we we have the power of foresight. Totally, totally not filming this. Filming, totally not recording this after the fact. <laughs> Holy shit! I'm I'm dying. Part six is here! Yay! Yay! Is it is it part six though, or is it or is it part five? It's part five. Let's be real. <laughs> I would call it an epilogue. Yeah. 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 I I think it's honestly the best episode of part five that wasn't in part five. Like、yep. it's part six in the sense that it leads into it because you see at the very end. Uh, Lupin changes into his green jacket. So, yeah, and he's overlooking, like, you know, overlooking the sunset. Like, Jigen, you are a classic, right? Oh, oh, oh! I don't know. There comes the fields. <laughs> God, are, are, this are you gonna cry, Drew?、Uh, I almost did when I watched it last night. Like, there was a few key moments that just. Really got me, and one wasn't even like a specific line of dialogue. What, what like,、mm-hmm. this, I don't know if this is weird or not, but like when I started to tear up is when I realized that it was turning into a mirror of the end of the pilot film, where the entire gang is all holed up 
and Zenigata and his goons are surrounding it, and they're like having to break their way out, and it's just like a nice little, nice little mirror image of Kobayashi's first outing as Jigen. I don't know. Like the, the minute I realized, like, because there was the shot of the cop like knocking down the door with an axe, and I'm like, oh, oh. Oh no, they're doing the pilot film because that was his first. Ah, <laughs> that's that's where that started. Yeah, Aww. yeah, same, uh, same. <laughs> I think for me because um, I was the episode came out on Saturday and I work on Saturdays, um, so I was watching it back and forth while I was working, um, and then I did get to watch it without stopping yesterday, um, but at work. I think I shedded like that one single manly tear because <laughs> it's a really great telling of Jigen as a character uh, for Jigen's character, but also it's just, you know, it, 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 I started, I started to full on cry remembering that this is uh, Kiyoshi Kobayashi's last, um, last performance mm-hmm. as Jigen. And he's been with the character since like, since like the pilot film, that's a long ass career. That that, that was another line, that's... and we'll, we 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 can get into like the uh, the subtext and all the meanings behind it in a minute. But that line when Lupin says that Jigen has been the one stable, constant thing in his life, that also hit me really hard because like there's a bunch of interpretations, but also it's the fact that Kobayashi, like with the exception of one like OVA movie has been Jigen for the entire run. And like, like oh Lupin's God, yes. changed, like, Goemon, Fujiko, Zindigata have changed, but he's been the one constant stable thing in Lupin's life. God dang it. I'm not going to cry on the show. But yeah, no, like say. not just stable character wise, but also stable series wise in terms of the actor who played him. Um, he could have easily retired along with Goronaya, Makio Inuye, and Ieko Masuyama back in 2010, 2011. But he was like, nah, fam, I'm going to continue this. Like, I'm good. I'm good. This really feel like, felt like a love letter. And not in like any romantic sense. I mean, a love letter from Kobayashi to Monkey Punch to the series as a whole. Mm-hmm. To say that he really, really loved playing Jigen for as long as he did. But now it's time to say goodbye and move on. To hang up that black fedora. <laughs> or whatever color you want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> black, turquoise. Um... So, so long as it's not the blue pumpkin getup, I'm okay. I mean, I love part... Uh, uh, part three, so <laughs> I I do too. I, I like the blue pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I guess I'm the odd one out. Sorry, you really are. Sorry, <laughs> we're we're pro part three. You're anti. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm not against part three. Um, just their, I do love the first. You're just against their fashion sense. Get get some better eyes. You need to enjoy it. <laughs> What the 80s? Oh my god. The 80s was all about clashing colors. You know this. <laughs> oh god. But um, Everybody was on coke. Let's be real here. <laughs> Jigen. Oh Jigen. That one shirt's looking pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Doing a little bit of coke on those mounds of money. I mean, come on. It was the life back then. Wearing those bold colors. They really wanted to stand out. <laughs> that would explain Clearly. why Kobayashi has all those like super high-pitched line readings in part three. He was, <laughs> My he was favorite. wilding out a little bit. <laughs> Sounded like a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I mean, Jigen kind of kind of rhymes with chicken in a weird way. It's like you know. I mean, I mean, uh, fried Jigen, so- the iconic line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you nearly made me spit out my tea, Drew. God damn it! <laughs> so before we get too off tangents, um. <sighs> Yeah, so this was Kobayashi's final performance. Um, he is retired now, and he he turned over the mantle to. I'm drawing a blank here now. Akio uh, Akio Akio Otsuka. Yes. Yeah, Solid Snake, right? Yep, Solid Snake. Uh, let's see, he's Blackjack. He's Bato from Ghost in the Shell. His uh, father Which is was also funny. And, Yes, because <laughs> Richard Epcot, the Richard Epcot connection. Yep. Um, his father, uh, Chikao Otsuka, was the voice of Goemon in part one. So it's yep. kind of, I, I love that little connection there. It's it's so nice. It and runs also, in the family. If anyone follows me on Twitter, I, I fucking called it back in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, funny. you predicted that... Um, he would take up the Jigen mantle or something? Well, I say called it. I put out a tweet saying it'd be really cool if whenever Kobayashi retires, that Akio Otsuka would take up the mantle. It's like, it, he's, as far as I'm concerned, he was the only logical choice because that, that man has the voice of God. Honestly, you're right. Well, Jesus Christ, Drew, if you're so psychic, can you help me win the lottery? Same. Uh, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me, let me look at the numbers. We'll see what I can do here. Um, but, um, I love yeah. that. I love that Kobayashi got to have like these big, or not even big, but just like I mean, for, for a twenty, what was it, 24, 25 minute long episode, he got some pretty like meaty dialogue scenes with every single member of the cast. Which I thought was really mm-hmm. sweet. It's almost like it, it's not exactly what's happening, but it's almost like a farewell to each of them. They get one last bit of really, really great dialogue, which it makes sense why they brought uh, Yuya Takahashi back, who wrote, I believe, a bunch of episodes of Part Four, and I know for a fact he wrote he writes the uh, the Koike films. Oh wow! Yeah, and it's kind of evident in this episode that like it almost feels like this. And not in a bad way, because it, it, it's great, but it almost feels like this was made after part six was finished, because it's, it's, I'm not going to say it looks unfinished, but it looks like it was made very quickly in order to honor Kobayashi's retirement, it almost kind of feels like, because... Yeah. I... Okay. I have some reservations about the animation at, in some parts of this. Um, it, it did feel in a way unfinished un un uh what's the word uh un unclean unclean it wasn't cleaned up uh yeah, very yeah. well like it it wasn't bad there was a lot of good animated parts in it too but some of it just felt very i don't know rushed yeah it made very and quickly someone, it kind of feels like yeah 
it, it, yeah, a little. Like the the episode itself did not feel like like the way it played out didn't feel rushed. It was just the animation that felt rushed. Um, I've, I've got a feeling that um, uh, it'll be like some of the episodes of Part Four or some animation errors in Part Five. Like on the Blu-ray, it's going to probably be a little more polished up. Yeah, especially I was since thinking it's about that too. last. They'll probably do some touch-ups on the the character designs and stuff. I hope so because I really. I don't want Kobayashi's last hurrah, if you will, being this untouched up episode. Like, mm-hmm. it, it feels messy. And in, in uh, certain places, it kind of like, does, yeah. I want to say that, like, the, 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 there was a few times where it's like Lupin's design looked completely off, like, completely off yes. model. <laughs> and. As much as oh no, agreed. Especially during the drunken parts. And as much as I am, like you know, look at part parts like one through everything. It, it, there's always going to be off model key bits because they got different animators working on it at any given time. Now, mm-hmm. I would really like to see them clean it up a bit more, just just a little bit, just enough to make it look a little more on model and more. Like the characters, <laughs> um, <laughs> at times, like the backgrounds, great. Those were fine. Those were beautiful because mm-hmm. yeah. TMS is known for their their backgrounds, their background artists. I mean, they 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 constantly preach about their background artists and how they're really good at it and how like it's their crowning achievement. They do really beautiful background art. They oh, always yeah. have, <laughs> like. You can even look at their older stuff, and while it may not be as pretty as it is now, it, it it's like really good. It's really well done. Mm-hmm. But um, the characters themselves just kept—I don't know—it it drove me nuts at times. I'm like, "Oof, that don't look right." Oof, I don't like that. <laughs> and I I hate being hypocritical. I don't know if anybody knows me well enough to know that, but I hate being hypocritical about that kind of stuff. Though I suppose. We should address the big elephant in the room about this episode. You mean the big gay elephant? Oh, because yeah. I am totally down for doing that. <laughs> Let's address it. Let's do this. Um, okay. Let me start off by saying that um, me personally, especially with how long I've been, how attached I am to the series since... You know, I mentioned a lot that I got into the series when I was 13. And around the same time I got into the series, I was questioning my own sexuality. And I was um, writing a lot of hetero Lupin fan fiction because I wanted a Lupin the Fourth gang. Um, but over the years, as I started getting, and, and also, in fact, today's National Coming Out Day. But as I was getting comfortable with my own sexuality, I was looking, you know, my headcanon for the Lupin crew is that they're all in a polycule, all five of them, including <laughs> Zenigata. I actually really love um, that uh, headcanon because I've seen that a lot around the internet and I absolutely adore it. I love the fan art with it. Oh, me so. too. It's so good. <laughs> it's it's adorable. and But my two biggest ships have always been Fujiko Lupin and Lupin Jigen. Yeah, same. Their relationship to me has so many dynamics that I'm okay with it. And I love the, and I, and I love the different dynamics because one, I do think that there is something romantic between them, whether it's unrequited on one part, because one other one is a simp for a lady 
who betrays him and he's super into that. <laughs> um, it's called masochism. Or... <laughs> 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 it's also called being a simp. Let's be real. <laughs> um, but also, I also love as someone who has a best friend that I've been with for 11 years that I currently live with and I do ba basically everything with. I also do love Lupin and Jigen just being each other, Sam and Frodo, because, you know, my thing is interpret it as you will. The gay undertones or overtones are there. But if you're into Lupin and Jigen as being besties or Lupin and Jigen being lovers, it's left up to interpretation. Let's be real. That That's it. That's exactly it. And it's up to interpretation. And like I, the way I saw it, like I, I explained to you guys outside of this but it's basically a love letter it's just a love letter um in every sense of the word it doesn't necessarily mean romantic it's a love letter from kobayashi to the franchise as a whole and on top of that it's a love letter between jigen and lupon if you want it to be it could also be a love letter in the sense of platonically like yeah you can choose your own adventure in this regard <laughs> You can choose your own adventure in the whole series. I mean, let's be real. If we're going back to the OG manga, and there were a lot of, like, besties moments with Lupin and Jigen, like, Lupin and Jigen, they're very close. Or even, like, where you go, I go. <laughs> Not I will the the Yeah. Like, but here's the thing. I'm pretty sure, and I'm, and I'm very certain, that Monkey Punch meant them to be hella hetero in the manga. They were super hetero to the point that if no homo was a thing <laughs> in the late 60s, they probably would have, Mikey Punch would have probably had them saying it every other line. Well, it's hard to say that because, one, I don't speak Japanese, so I can't go and refer to the original source material in its original language. But per the translated version, they give a lot of gay overtones in certain parts. Like when, okay. like when uh, uh, I forget the exact chapter and all that, but there's... There's a, a couple panels where uh, uh, Lupin and Jigen are running, and uh, one goes to the says to the other, "If you and me, if we were to, <laughs> you know," and he the other one goes, "Let me think about it." <laughs> like there are, there's a lot of overtones even in the manga per the translation, not necessarily in the source material. I don't know how the source material read. They took liberties when they translated it. Maybe I don't yes, know. <laughs> like -pop did. Yes. Well, again, I I haven't read a lot of the manga, so I'm just going off by the um, chapters and the books that I do have. Um, but again, I do I, I do enjoy those those very friendshipy moments because they're just oh, yeah. so fucking adorable. And you know, I'm sorry, bros will be bros. So the, uh, I don't know if you ever observe your your male friends who are completely like hetero, but they'll they'll. They'll be bros. They'll hug each other. They'll they'll give each other like, like like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Fist bumping. Yeah, you can head bumps. They will give each other um, ego boosts all the time. Ah. <laughs> like, let's be real here. Uh, I I know my friends. I've talked to them about this stuff in the past, and they're like, yeah. And of course, you know everybody's different and everybody uh, receive or reacts differently to that kind of affection, even if it's not intended to be uh, gay in any way, you know? 
Well, again, most of my male friends are friends with me. Like I was always like, I don't, I don't mean to like put myself out there, but I was always the bro kind of girlfriend because so, most of my that. friends in high school were either very nerdy women or very masculine men. You know, I, I was even, that. I was even the best man at my friend Kevin's wedding. So it's, it's kind of funny nice. you say that. Cause I remember this is completely off topic, but <laughs> back when, before I identified male and I was in high school, I, uh, I went, I was in the, I was in an automotive program at a place called Polaris Career Center out here, out here in Ohio. And, um, one of my favorite things was, uh, I was the only biological or biological female person in the entire class. Uh, so basically everyone treated me like one of the guys. And I remember at one point someone said something about, uh, all the guys. And I went, excuse me. And rose my hand. Like you forgot about me. And they're like, well, you might as well be one of the guys. And now I'm looking back and I'm like, yeah, they were right. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. I was literally one of the bros <laughs> since before I ever knew I was a bro. <laughs> bros, bros, bros. <laughs> so I guess this all boils down to this, dynamic can be interpreted any way you want it to be. Uh, oh yeah. Male, like, like males being, or guys being guys or bros being bros or, or gays being gays, you know, who cares? Um, whatever if, floats if your you boat. like it one way or another, exactly. They keep it open to interpretation. And I love that. And, and that's the beautiful part of it. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah, so, sorry to interrupt you. Oh, Jane, you're but fine. That is the well, that is the beautiful part of it. And that's what I do enjoy about the series. I mean, um, it's very, especially because what else can you do when there's four men and one woman, <laughs> one woman, excuse me. Well, man. Um, <laughs> well, you know what I mean? There's one girl and four dudes. And clearly the one girl is, oh, you know, oh God, I don't want to say anything terrible. <laughs> At least we have gotten it on with every every one of the quad, and it's okay. I'm down with that. (laughs) (laughs) Because that episode traumatized me. Oh no! (laughs) Especially because that episode had my favorite opera in it, and now I can. Especially when I saw Tosca last month, I couldn't get the idea of Fujiko and then I got it together. Oh, oh no. Oh, 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 no. <laughs> As a San Francisco Opera, can I get my $37 back? I'm here for Zindi Fuji content, but not like this. No! <laughs> no. <laughs> Also, also, real quick, and unless Drew has something to say about the um, the interpretation. Oh no, 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 no! I'm I'm the one. I'm the one. Put it quite frankly, I'm the one hetero cracker here. So, like you know, whatever floats your boat. It's <laughs> the one hetero like, cracker here. So like, you know, it's National uh, Coming Out Day, and Drew is just like, it's okay, it's your day. You're I'm okay, gonna it's fine. Here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here to support you all the way. I, any interpretation, it's all good with me, man. You know what? I appreciate that because not enough people do that. Like, I, I hate to say it, but I can call out people right there on Twitter if I wanted to that make such hot takes and will not take any other view as a potential like interpretation like 
I hate that shit. You, you can't have it. You can't have it your way and only your way. That's not how the show was designed to be interpreted. Again, interpret it any way you want, but don't make it canon. And and right. Well, that's you know, why they leave from, it ambiguous. You know. Yeah, coming from someone who's written Lupin fan fiction since I've been in the fandom. Again, I write very hetero relationships with the main quintet because I wanted them to have kids to right. carry on that legacy. Mm -hmm. But if you read my fanfics with the Lupin the Fourth gang, a good chunk of those kids are gay AF. And that's just because <laughs> my pansexual polyamorous ass was writing <laughs> for my own feelings. Hey, that's valid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a role player by nature. Uh, I'm, a lot of people know that already. I, I have a Tumblr blog where I portray Lupin and Jigen, actually. And I'm not shy about the fact that I made a, a Jigen bi and I made Lupin a pansexual. So I, I keep... Oh, Lupin is totes... As a pansexual myself, Lupin is totes man. Oh, hell yeah. And I made Jigen bi because he, he has a history of dating women. He does. And he has been heartbroken time and time again. Yes, he says misogynistic comments about women all the time in older renditions of the, of the show. And also, to some degree, in the newer stuff, too, at times. Especially towards Fujiko, mostly. However... Yeah, but speak before, finish that and then i'll get to the next point but finish that jay yes however however uh even despite all that he is very much uh someone that loves women but he also loves lupon i mean it's there it it's it's there <laughs> yep yeah that's how i write him i write him as like he, in my story because i have him with an opera singer he has an unrequited love for lupon to the point where he's so conflicted with this opera singer that like, hey, I have happiness with this girl, with this girl right here, but I wish I could have something with Lupin. I guess I'm going to have to settle with whatever relationship we have. Right. And that, it makes sense. Like he, I don't know, he, it can be, he can be interpreted in many ways as well. And I absolutely adore that because Jigen is a complex character. Uh, they all are. They mm -hmm. are. But speaking of the misogynistic and um, still into women, um, Jigen, can we like, can we appreciate and give a chef's kiss to the moment between him and Fujiko? Yes! Oh my god, that was so good. That moment. Oh, it was so beautiful. Again, oh, that, like throughout the series, especially part two, it's like he hates her. He doesn't want anything to do with her. And then, oh, my God. <laughs> he secretly loves her. When Kobayashi gave that line, the because uh, she like mentions the whole like we could partner up. And he's like, well, Mickey, what, like, you know, why would you ever think we do that? But, you know, you're a mighty fine woman. And I was like, oh, yes, I'm going to cry. Again. I'm going to cry again. Yes. It almost feels that like, it almost feels like Kobayashi coming through. You're a mighty fine lady. I'm thinking of Lupin and um, <laughs> the called Fujiko. Yes. <laughs> Although Sunny Straight Great. did de de uh, deliver that line pretty good in the dub for uh, the woman oh, called yeah. Fujiko. Mine. I have to admit. But legit, like my guilty pleasure in this series is, well, um, are the moments when um, Jigen and Fujiko just put aside their mutual dislike for one another and they have some fucking good ass moments. Like oh, yeah. again, oh, yeah. my favorite 
my favorite gag episode of part five is clearly the part three um, yes. shout out with the stupid um, um, safe that you have to be dumb um, literally to open. Yes. And freaking Fujiko and Jigen are just like beating the shit out of Lupin. Like, come on, let's do this. Oh no, his brain power is not lowering enough. Come on, come on. God, that episode was so good. Yes. It's our. It's also our uh, other co-host Chris Godby's uh, favorite episode in Part Five too, if I recall. Yeah, yep. it is. I am when that episode was dubbed on Adult Swim and it premiered. That was the night I went to go see Phantom of the Opera. So I kept texting him back and forth on Discord, like, "How is it? How is it? How is it?" <laughs> uh, and speaking of good then, um, uh, one-on-one moments, uh, Jigen and Zenigata also get an incredible scene in the bar. Oh God, yes. yes. To quote, to quote our friend Kara, like the he- I keep I'm keeping this head canon for my stories, but Jigen and Zenigata on the low low, like they're drinking buddies. Oh yeah, yep. And I love Zenigata just outright just giving like just giving him the respect he deserves. Being like, what was the exact line of dialogue? He tells him. Well, yeah, he pretty much just asks him, like, you oh know, why God. is someone as incredible as you still, you know, pretty much hanging out with that goober? Yeah. <laughs> and he I'm basically just says, you know what? Just, yeah, well, of course, you're, you're paraphrasing. And my paraphrase is, look, I'm a simple kind of guy. I like simple shit. Just get some, just get some nicotine in me and some alcohol, good alcohol, you know, I, I'm I'm peachy keen. I don't need anything else in this world. <laughs> That's another thing, you know, going into character development or at least understanding of the characters. Um, with the focus being Jigen, we really do see what makes this man tick because mm-hmm. we do have clear motivation for everybody else except Jigen. Like Lupin does shit for the thrills. Fujiko... Um, is basically a slave to her female desires, which I am so down with. Um, even Goimon admits in this episode, I do it to hone my training. You know, I train no matter what decade, no matter what era, I will always train train my right. um, my sword skills. And Zenigata's purpose is to chase, which he tells Jigen, is to chase Lupin. Like, my purpose is to, I'm the only one who can capture this guy. Like, mm-hmm. nobody else can do it but me. And Jigen has always been very ambiguous throughout the series. And again, up to interpretation, my interpretation was just like, he is so good at what he does. He would rather go with this one monkey face idiot who tells him shit like, I'm about to steal penguins from the North Pole. You stupid son of a bitch. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) At least that's how I see it. Oh, and then the Goimon Lupin drunk speech, where I am going to quote Katie here and say, part one, Goimon, I'm going to cut you open, you motherfucker, (laughs) to Lupin, obviously. (laughs) This episode, Goimon, (laughs) Ohana means family, and family means nobody gets left behind. (laughs) Accurate. I just about cried when Goimon was like, but we're family. I uh, no. God dang it. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do it. Let it out, Drew. It's okay. It's okay. No. <laughs> it's not okay. 
<laughs> no, no, it's not. Real men <laughs> don't cry. Me that no, one I'm episode now. <laughs> I am a man. <laughs> God, that am a that. Man. <laughs> It's not the final line, but it's one, it's one of the episode. final lines when 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 Lupin's driving away as Jigen's taking on the the super modern cops, and Lupin says, "You're not old. You're a classic, Jigen." That 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 almost feels yes. like that's not that, that, that's like that's not talking about Jigen. One that of is, the best lines, as far as I was concerned. That's just specifically talking about Kobayashi. Oh, agree, Kobayashi all the way. Because again, like any, he could have retired a long ass time ago. He could have oh, retired yes. when everybody else retired, but no, he said he was going to continue, and he did. And he he kept asking to continue. He yep. was like, "Let me, let me keep playing Jigen. Let me keep playing Jigen." Even after Monkey Punch, and he did. Like, let me keep playing Jigen. I mean. I don't want to think about as to why he wanted to retire. Because keep in mind, you know, um, Yasai Yamada died suddenly. Goronaya had throat cancer. I believe Makio Inoue also had cancer. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't want to think about if it's health related or what. I just, you know, from my own personal opinion, um, the man deserves, you know, a good ass retirement. Like He does. You know, I personally thank him for he voicing Jigen as long as he did, but I also thank him for stepping down to take care of himself, whether yeah. he might be ill or isn't ill. Like he totally deserves, he deserves it. Let's be real. Oh, 100%. I, I am going to miss him sorely, but man, what, what a run. Like, yeah, definitely. There are so many other great performances in in different languages of Jigen, like, you know, amazing performances. But for me, Jigen, like you say Jigen, one of the first things I think of is Kobayashi's. (laughs) Just like that, just that sound just immediately comes to mind. That sound. Right. That's just Jigen personified. Honestly, same. It is. And for me, one of my favorite performances was Kobayashi. But this is just, I'm such a sucker for this special. Like, if I'm having a bad day and and I can get access to the the television in my apartment with my roommates, I I pop in first contact. Because um, it's my, it's my, you know, it's my feel good special. But I really enjoy Kobayashi's performance because from, from an acting perspective, in the beginning and in the end, he's basically playing um, Lupin playing Jigen. Because, you know, yep. you find out at the end of the special that Jigen wasn't telling yep. the story to the reporter. It was Lupin all along. It was Lupin all along. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, going to the plot of, of the OG episode zero, um, Jigen and Lupin aren't even... Co- you know they're they're not partners yet they're just they're basically rivals and his performance like even yeah. even that one scene where he's walking around new york and the punk kids are like we heard if we defeat you we're gonna be undefeated and he's like you know what you brats get the fuck out of here i'm in a bad mood right now and <laughs> uh, <laughs> love it love right. it 
is great. I think one of my all-time favorite performances of his, like, one of them is easily um, the woman called Fuchiko Mine, just because he brought such a, like, a real, like, coolness to the role. But my my, my favorite is, is Tokyo Crisis, because as far as I'm concerned, that is his funniest work in the series. Where he's in a lot of tooth pain? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there's like one vocal take of him when he's outside the dentist office just kind of mulling over going in and it's there's that there's uh, the bit when um, they get the note from Fujiko and Lupin reads it and he's like well, why did she invite you and he just gives this shit eating grin and giggles through it and it's one of <laughs> I don't know and that one's just he, you could tell just how much he had just just straight up fun with the role. He could be the most grave yeah. and badass character, or he could be just a big old goofball. Man, or had just range. a big old crybaby because of a single tooth. And as someone who yes. got her wisdom, her last wisdom tooth out recently, I feel it. <laughs> that bit when he gets his tooth punched out and his reaction is palpable. Yeah, just like yes, and then he just turns over to Gormon like you, you, you ready to uh, fuck these people up? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would be too after my tooth pain's gone. Oh god. Um, my one nitpick I will take from this episode, um, and is very much the what I talked about with the enduring legacy of Lupin, the whole catching up with the times. Um, I will admit, when I read the plot that was coming out for this episode, I was like, are we really going to go back with the, oh my God, we're in the future. How can we deal with this? Uh, like, uh. Yeah, it almost kind of felt like, didn't we just... And even, we just did this. Yeah, yeah, we just did this last season. And not only that, like, they brought in a lot of drones. Um, and these, pl- what what kind of guns were those? Like, I don't know. I don't think it was like plastic, but also plastic. like the weird, like, touchscreen thing on it. It looked like a, looked like the UI for an FPS or something. Mm-hmm. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, no, no, I'm tired of this theme. We left it with part five. Ugh. I, yeah, I, I, I'm ready to move on past that as well, but I, I will give it credit. Even, even like out of part five, it might have my favorite moment of Jigen dealing with technology, and that's when he picks up the plastic gun, points it at the cop, and just stands there and drops. He's like, I'm not using this shit. It's literally, that was the line <laughs> of dialogue. <laughs> I love how he shook too. I love how he was shaking his hand like it's he like, just I'm a can't man, God get. Damn it. He just can't get Tom, behind you, this He's a real gun. <laughs> it's like <laughs> he's very much kind of like, um, oh my God, you know the whole. Um, oh, I can't think of that expression. Um, you know when when you talk about. You, 
like when you're talking with your parents and you're having problems with your smartphone, oh, this is not working and I, I need to use it to use the calculator and your dad's and your boomer dad is like, calculator on your phone? You know, in my day, we had to use a Rolodex or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm showing my age. Leave me alone. Rolodex. Wow. No, that's true. But again, my, my brain is an omelet right now. <laughs> For the record, I'm 30 years old, and <laughs> I know I don't look like it, but months, I am. <laughs> so That's true. Oh, but also, breaking the fourth wall. Am I the only one who really enjoyed Lupin breaking the fourth wall and pushing the um, the um, the side cuts of um, Jigen and Guaymon facing each other? <laughs> no, that was great. When they were, yeah, when they were in prison, I was like, did he just break oh, the fourth yeah. wall? That motherfucker broke the fourth wall. <laughs> Love it. We broke the fourth wall. So, overall, it, this this was just a really uh, like like this wasn't even like a real episode episode. It's pretty clear like uh, that animation was rushed pretty quick. But what this is all about is just just a big love letter and a farewell to K- Kiyoshi Kobayashi. And it was just like like all in all i just i had the biggest smile on my face it was such a sweet send off for him it was it was it was the best send off that we could get for any one of the voice actors mm-hmm. especially i mean again yamada's was very sudden so it's not like we got a farewell episode for him yeah and when goronaya makionuye and yeko yeah. masayama left they, the last time they contributed their um, their voices to the roles was, I believe, the last job. Um, uh, the last job was the the official like mainline thing that you can like that's readily available now. But they did do the uh, the Lupin Family All Stars OVA, the little twelve yeah in twenty twelve. But it wasn't even really like a big send off for them. There wasn't no like this is their final episode. Let's do some character development with it. Ba, 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 ba. So I do, this is very refreshing and I love it. And again, you know, next to Lupin, Jigen is my second favorite character. And mm-hmm. so this farewell with the extra character development was, was perfect. And again, I have to say, thank you. Thank you. Kabayashi san for, for what you've done and for lending your voice to Jigen for the past 52 years, like rest well, bro. You deserve it. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually really loved it a lot. Um, I really like the way it, it can be interpreted as many things, a love letter, gay overtones, or just a bro, a bromance, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I absolutely adore how it's a, like, it's a nice proper send off for Kobayashi. Does the animation kind of suck at times? Yeah. But I mean, the franchise has a history of sucky animation. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, I, anyways, I digress on that, but, uh, my closing thoughts are simply, it was beautiful. And I, I'm glad that they did this for Kiyoshi Kobayashi. He deserved it. Agreed. After 50, what, 52 years almost, if not? 52. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, like 51, 52 years. I mean, that's a hell of a run, man. I mean, it, it could not have been better. 
So Jay, where can we find you? Usually on Twitter. Uh, my account is at L O O P A W N Lupin. Uh. You can also find me on Instagram at lupon.sansei. You can find my art on there. Um, I haven't really drawn much lately, but the more this show comes out, I'm sure the more I'll get back into it. Um, and where else? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Discord, but you're not getting that. <laughs> Anyways, Natalie, where can we find you? Um... Nowhere, no. <laughs> Up your um, mom. <laughs> you can find me um, on Twitter at c a p l i h e l l s i n g. Um, so basically, at Kathleen Helsing on Twitter. All I do is um, post memes and and bitch about the world because isn't that what Twitter's for? <laughs> um yeah, and also on Instagram, where I'm very active because I post a lot of um, a lot of stories on my life and even more memes <laughs> um, because I'm just full of memes. So that would be at Captain C A P T A I N L I H E double L S I N G M O U S E. And bingo was his name oh um <laughs> yeah that's that's where you can find me because sadly i don't really have much of a life anymore <laughs> how about you drew <laughs> uh, you can usually find me on twitter at drew hunter that's d-r-e-w-h-u-n-t-e-r one five and uh that's pretty much it for me personally, but you can find uh, our podcast on Twitter at LupinPod, L-U-P-I-N-P-O-D. You can find us on Instagram with the uh, with the same tag. And uh, our podcast is, is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Just search in Cyburns and Cigarettes. You'll find us there. Hit that, yeah, hit that subscribe button. And uh, if you feel so inclined to like the show. <laughs> if you like the show, leave us a comment. You know, yes, leave please. us a comment. Leave us some stars. Leave us some reviews. Like, comment, and subscribe. I can't even say subscribe without losing it. <laughs> Give us feedback. Let us know. Like, we do this because we love the show, but we, we would we want to hear your input, guys. Exactly. Be, a, be, be as honest as you want. Give us five stars. <laughs> where did that little voice come from I don't what know voice? I didn't hear a voice I, I didn't hear shit I heard the wind blowing mm. oh and also and forgive me if I sound too much like a white person talking Spanish pero um, aficionados de Lupin the Third si quieres oír episodios en español por favor déjanos comentarios yo sí conozco de que hay muchos aficionados en el sur de América, en Latinoamérica, en especialmente en España. So, por favor, deja comentario y deja estrellas. Muchísimas gracias. That was totally ad lib, by the way. Absolutely. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, until next week. So long. See you, see you next week, Lupontic folks. Thank you.
So, next week on Lupin the Third Part 6, Lupin meets Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? I don't have a damn clue. Me neither. <laughs> Murder. Murder? Near dear. <laughs> <laughs>